this is The Rock of Recovery, and this is Angie Meadows and Bobby Snyder. And we're here today to continue through our series on overcoming uh, trauma. So we're working through the trauma book, and we're on lesson nine. It's called The Mind of Christ. And sometimes, Bobby, I think that we just don't understand what's available to us. So we indulge uh, the negative carnal mind, and this is uh, going to help us understand that. It's, it's really crazy that I can't control the things that come into my mind. Um, <laughs> well, we don't have to indulge every stupid thought. That's what I'm saying. I don't have to dance with it for very long. And, and I think that we don't know that. I think a lot of times we think, okay, if that loneliness or that grieving comes, um, I have to feel it and I have to stay there and let it control my day, and I don't. I can acknowledge it, I can validate it, I can move it on. So kick us off with the introduction here. Self-regulation is a maturity skill. This simple evaluation will help determine how much work needs, to, needs done to calm your thinking. The only way I can regulate my thoughts is to stop thinking my own thoughts and think God's thoughts. His thoughts are based on truth. My thoughts are based on insecurities and outright lies. My mind will heal when I regulate my thoughts to come in line with true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and thoughts of good, report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. That's Philippians 4.8. Learn to kick out thoughts that cause anxiety and suffering. You know, I was listening to Caroline Leaf on her podcast, and she was talking about how our thoughts either line up with fear or they line up with love. And I think that that's exactly what we're talking about here. We're talking about getting our thoughts uh, to line up with love, not avoiding those thoughts that are fearful, but not allowing them to control us. So we're going to go through a, a little chart here called a thought regulator. And I want you to think in your mind, yes or no, when I ask you these questions. I'm afraid of getting these wrong. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. <laughs> Can I control my thoughts? See, I don't think so. Okay. Can I change my thoughts? Absolutely. Can I think a problem through to the conclusion? Absolutely. Can I let something go that I cannot control? With claw marks on it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be quiet mentally? That's a skill I have recently achieved. You know, I, I work on that one. I work on setting my timer about 15 minutes a day and just sitting there and being quiet and that has been extremely valuable for me to do because now I can kind of do this moving quietness and moving meditation which I couldn't do before yeah I, I get and it's not really a it's not probably doesn't line up with what exactly you're talking about on this one but my time on my motorcycle uh, yep. because I don't <laughs> I don't wear headphones and I don't listen to music I just the only thing that I'm really focusing on is, is staying on the road of course and right. other people but I go out in the country, and it's a real time for me to get introspective and, 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 and think about what's going on in my life, and I really enjoy it. Probably what you're doing is listening to what's there. So as I sit quietly, I listen to what's there, and it's just a little chatter. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's exaggerated. Oh, wait a minute, that was somebody else's thought. That was somebody else's words towards me. That's, oh, wait a minute, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me that, you know, in recovery we talk about prayer and meditation, and they say that the prayer is talking to God and the meditation is listening to God. Yeah, so if I'm listening, what am I listening to? Am I listening to good thoughts, noble thoughts, honorable thoughts, or am I listening to nonsense and noise? 
So I want to be able to identify what I'm doing. So there's a few more questions here on our thought regulator. Can I? Can I sing and playfully enjoy my day? <laughs> Can I enjoy children? Can I be patient and kind when I am annoyed? That's another one I have to work on too. <laughs> <laughs> we all got work to do here, don't we? Yeah, and th there's this intentional thing that I do. When I'm anxious, uh, sometimes I just purpose to put my music on and sing and do a little dance. And, you know, I can't be singing and anxious at the same time. I just can't. It just doesn't work. I am, uh, music is my, uh, my go-to thing with everything. Uh, and and I, I, yeah, I listen to stuff that's a little rowdy and, and some mostly <laughs> secular. But uh, it, it's all... It all gears me towards the, towards doing the right thing, so to speak. Um, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I can't go. I can't really really say how much I do. Right, it gets you out of your head, gets you in another space. So the lesson here is Jesus is the Word. That's what it says in John one one. It's hard for him to not have something to say. He is speaking, and your ears will open to his voice as you learn to develop the mind of Christ. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That's John 20, 10, 27. So, yeah, so I want to know what I'm following. What voice am I listening to? Am I listening to the Good Shepherd? Am I listening to the voice of love? Or am I listening to just nonsense and noise and anxiety and fear. I want to know what I'm listening to. So number one, what kind of mind does King David want his son Solomon to possess? It says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. First Chronicles 28.9. Look at that. So a it's a willing, willing mind. mind. Yes. So willingly, to have the mind of Christ, I need to have a willing mind. That's a tough word to describe. It is. Willing. But it says to serve God with a whole heart. So I think I just want to willingly serve God. And sometimes I don't want to. <laughs> just, I'm just like, I'm not feeling it today, Yeah, Lord. I'm just going to do me. <laughs> You're going to have to help me here. <laughs> So number two, what kind of a mind does a humble congregation possess? Also in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind, to carry out what the king and his, self and his officials have ordered, following the word of the Lord, 2 Chronicles 30.12. So there we have it, the unity of mind. So you want a body of, of fellowship, of believers, of friends, of close-knit community that have unity in their thinking. Uh, because if you're always with somebody that's always he button heads with you, it, you're going to struggle. You want you want to be with people that you can that can identify your heart and love you even when you're noisy. You know what I mean? The true definition of a fellowship. Yes. <laughs> so number three, what is David asking God to do for him? Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Psalm twenty-six and two. So he's wanting them to take a look at him. Yeah examine me examine my heart and mind so i think as we're asking the lord to do that i think that's where that meditation flows where i'm sitting down and i'm examining what did i let next to my heart and where what what am i hearing coming out of that because if i'm letting uh fear 
in my heart, well, that's what's coming up all the time. So I want to examine that. Number four, where do I need to focus my thoughts? You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on to you, Lord, because he trusts in you. That's Isaiah 26, 3. That verse is going to get us through a lot of suffering. Lord, um, let me refocus. Let me refocus. You know, you know, so where is my focus? And so when I'm not in peace, I ask myself, where's my focus? And then I refocus my mind on the Lord, and I'm like, ah, okay, now I can find that peace. It's like I need to apply some kind of spiritual blinders on me, like, <laughs> a, like a horse has when they race, so they're Absolutely. not looking this way and this way. I stay focused on what's in front of me. And, and you know, if we don't, we're going to lose ground. We're going to lose footing. Uh, we're not going to be on the rock. We're going to be on sand, or even worse, we're going to be on quicksand. So we've got to be able to develop that maturity to keep those blinders on, just like you said. Can't be doing quicksand. No, well, no. They really talked about quicksand a lot when we were kids and the cartoons and stuff. Oh, yes. I, I thought yeah. we were going to have a much bigger problem with quicksand. <laughs> I've never experienced it, so. In your thinking, you have experienced it, because I have too. I'm talking about the physical. Oh, that's stuff. right, that's right. Yeah, the physical. So number five, what does the Lord examine? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. That's Jeremiah 17.10. So the Lord's examining the mind. So if I'm allowing fear... To rule in my mind well that's probably what's coming back at me but if i'm disciplining myself and disciplining my thinking and maturing in that area and literally reprogramming that and moving myself towards love that's what's coming back at me that's that's what i'm going to be drawing to me and he says he's going to give that to us according to our deeds and and that's i think I think when I'm embracing fear and anxiety and confusion, I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm stumbling. I'm staggering. I'm lost. And that's what I'm drawing to me. So I want to make sure that I'm in a position to be able to be drawing the things that I want in my life. I've learned that in order for God to be working in my life, I have to create an atmosphere around me that's conducive for him to work. You're that's, saying, I yeah. I think that's where those deeds are. You know, I've... But when I do the right thing, so to speak, he has a lot easier time working with me yep. uh, to, to, to take a more kind of step back look at it. I mean, you know how I am. I'm really uh, on the edge about some things. But, uh, yeah. So you're saying I need space around me to be able to draw the good stuff to me. Right. I, I, I create, create this space. atmosphere. That's, that's right. That's that's right. Out, of, out of doing good things. You know, and, and not necessarily, you know, all the quote-unquote religious things we see, I think it's just about being a good person. If I'm continuing to harm others and I'm doing I'm doing some dirt, God's not probably going to have the greatest canvas to work with. <laughs> there you go. So, that, so I have to create to that, that atmosphere. That's a good way to say it. Number six, when we enter a covenant with the Lord, He places what in our minds? I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will let be my people. Jeremiah 35, 31, 33. And, you know, even when you're working with small children, they know right from wrong. They know they're not supposed to hit their friend. They're not supposed to take their friend's toy. They're not supposed to, you know what I mean? They, they know right from wrong. Nobody really has to tell. They may do wrong. They may not have the self-control, but they know what's right. You can learn a lot about kids from watching kids. Uh, faith is really embezzled in 
or not embezzled, but embedded in kids. You know, I, I, my friends, I got all kinds of friends that have these babies right now. <laughs> uh, they're they're COVID nineteen babies, <laughs> the results of the of the pandemic. Um, yep. But if you take one of those little one to two year olds and you're carrying it, and if you if you throw them with a, up in the airplane with them, they don't freak out. No. If, if that was me in perspective, and someone launched me like thirty feet up into the air. I'm not going to be so laughing and giggling like they are because they've already got a built-in trust that, they're, they that you're going to catch them. They do. I think we can learn a lot from them. Number seven, when Daniel followed the Lord with his whole heart, what kind of a mind did the Lord give him? This man, Daniel, who the king called... Belshazzar. Belshazzar <laughs> was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding and the ability to interpret dreams explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. So he was keen. That was Daniel 5.12. So to have that for me, when I'm asking God for wisdom, if I'm, if I'm sitting with anxiety and fear, I'm not going to get it. But if I'm sitting quietly and I'm listening and I'm um, drawing the words of the Lord to me and I'm reading his word and I'm studying it and I'm pondering it, all of a sudden I'm going to have my answer. It's going to come up from within me and I didn't even know I had it, but I'm going to be able to interpret my own dreams. I'm going to be able to solve problems that I didn't even know I had a solution for. So this comes from being in a quiet, emotionally stable, grounded, solid place, just understanding that Jesus Christ is that rock and we can stand firmly on it, that we don't have to stand on that quicksand of fear. So what was Daniel's responsibility? This is number eight. Yeah, number eight. What's his responsibility? Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that, I, that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Uh, so Daniel was praying, and God heard his words. So even though in Daniel 10, 12, he may have prayed for a while, uh, God heard him from the very day that he started praying. From the very day he humbled himself and said, Lord, I can't do this. I need you. And, and you know that surrender, it, I think, is so valuable for me to just say, Lord, I need you. Yeah, so in answer to the question, of our, our, our responsibility is to set your mind and gain understanding and to be humble. Yes. Which, to me, kind of sounds like creating an atmosphere around me to have God do his work. That's right. So number nine, what kind of a mind do you develop after an encounter with Jesus Christ? When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who has, had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, Mark 5, 15. So if I'm out of my mind, what do I need to do? Get back in your right mind. <laughs> I need to go find Jesus. Amen. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just got to, you know, and it, and it seems to be the hard this thing for me to do to sit there with my Bible and have a routine to do that but if I do that then I am in my right mind I'm not scattered and confused all day day after day so number 10 when you walk with Jesus what does he do for your mind then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures in Luke 24 45 look at that he opened their minds so when I first came to the Lord and I started reading my Bible I was doing it under duty, and but I didn't understand anything that I was reading. And when I got done reading, I would close my Bible and think, well, I did it. I can check that off. But I had no clue what I read, and it didn't stay with me. It, 
I wasn't able to apply it to my heart. I wasn't able to apply it to my life. So finally, I just challenged the Lord. Lord, if this is your word, you're going to have to make it come alive to me. And he did. And, and then I could read it and I could understand it and I could meditate on it. And, and the Lord would expound it for me and it would make sense. And, and it, it was something that uh, became alive to me. So if you're reading the word and it sounds like a fairy tale or it sounds like nonsense, well, I was there. I was there. I was like, you know, this can't be real. It just can't. And finally, I just challenged God. If this is your word, make it real. And he did. I've been listening for the last few weeks to a, to a, a preacher who's expository. And uh, it's, a, it's, a new, it's, a, it's new for me, but it's also old because I used to go there too. Uh, but it's... It's, it's really the way that I, you know, I like to get the word that way. You know, we're going to start on this chapter of this book of the Bible, and we're going to mm. go through it till we're done, and mm-hmm. then we're going to go to another another one. Right. Uh, uh, I'm grateful to, to have that opportunity there's right a, now. There's a lot of value in that. There's yeah. a lot of value in knowing the stories. So number 11, when Paul testified about Jesus to those who did not believe, what were the accusations towards him? At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. (laughs) Your great learning is driving you insane. That's Acts 26, verse 24. Okay, so sometimes... You you probably say you're out of your mind, Paul, all the time, don't you? I do. I do. So sometimes, sometimes I do... You know, people do think you're insane when you're talking the Word of God. But, you know, if you're singing and you've got peace and and you, you know, you're, you're... walking on that solid ground and you've got that confidence in yourself, then don't worry about what anybody else is saying. Number 12. How should we discipline our minds? I, myself, and it's Paul talking, in my mind am a slave to God's law. Romans 7, 25. So uh, in Romans it talks about being a slave to something, a slave to righteousness or unrighteousness. And, and, he, and Paul is saying that we're going to follow something. You know, we're going to follow fear. We're going to follow love. What are you following? So figure out, what am I allowing to have control over me? What am I following? And have I become a slave to my fears? Number 13. How can we be transformed? Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans 12, too. And I talk to my kiddos about renewing their minds. Sometimes God pours on us a, an anointing, and it's so refreshing, and we get such value from it. And then it just leaks right out. But the reason it leaks out is because we didn't transform our thinking. So there's a whole renewing of our thinking that we have to do. So number 14. In order to live in peace, we need to strive for what kind of mind? Be perfect, which means mature. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you in 2 Corinthians 13, 11. So that to be in one mind, I want to be in one mind and one accord with God with peace and love. Number 15. What are we commanded to do? You were taught with regard to your former life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires to be made new in the attitudes of your mind and to put on your new self created to be like god in true righteousness and holiness ephesians 4 22 and through 24. so there's that love and peace that that goodness that true righteousness that i need that is available to me as i transform my old thinking into new thinking 
Number 16. What is the helmet of salvation? Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Ephesians 6, 17. So a helmet protects my mind. So when I am meditating on the Word of God, when I'm thinking His thoughts and not my thoughts, now my mind's going to be protected from this noisy anxiety. Number 17. How can we make our joy complete? Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one spirit and purpose. Philippians 2.2. 2. There's that fellowship thing again. That fellowship thing. 18. How do we keep from being consumed with earthly worries? Set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. Colossians 2.3.2. 2. And a lot of times what I have found, Bobby, is um, the trials and tribulations of life. If I cannot engage the circumstance but engage the promises of God now I have set my mind on things above and I'm just sitting there waiting to see what God's going to do with this mess <laughs> absolutely 19 when I mind my own business what kind of mind will I possess make it your ambition to lead a quiet life to mind your own business to work with your own hands for Thessalonians 4 11 a lot of times I've wanted to uh, be a little busybody <laughs> and the Lord's been Several years corrected me on that. Just mind your own business. Mind your own business. I have um, a lot of interaction on social media. I see a lot of busybodies. People want to get in everybody's business. And, mm -hmm. you know, if we all stayed in our lane, we'd probably be way better off. If I'm not part of the problem, if I'm not part of the solution, if uh, they didn't come for me and ask for counsel, I just need to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> so what's our birthright as believers in Christ? For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. And of love and of a sound mind, Second Timothy one seven. So if you're a believer and you're walking in the spirit of fear, that is not what God intends for you. He intends for you to have power, love, and a sound mind. Twenty one. What characteristic traits do we need to develop to be like minded? Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. First Peter three eight. I think what happens uh, in our uh, world of recovery is one of the things that brings us to be like-minded is our past experiences. Uh, we've all had traumatic Very experiences traumatic. Yes. Uh, and that have brought us, uh, there's a good example of it in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous with the people that, uh, that went down on the Titanic. Uh, at that moment, it didn't matter where they were seated at the boat. They were all trying to help each other and help each other stay alive. Right. And that was a, that, that, that trauma, that, that horrible experience brought them together. Now, now us as alcoholics and addicts, we, we have the benefit that we, we meet on a regular basis and, and still get to maintain that bond. I'm, I'm sure there weren't like, hey, we're going to have the post-traumatic uh, Titanic survivors meeting yes. going on next week. But uh, they needed it. But yeah, they, they probably could have benefited from it. Yeah, they needed it. So what I love about the recovery community is that it's okay to go and say, I'm still struggling here. I still need help here. Tell me how you helped yourself with this. Tell me what worked for you. And I love that. I love that we can just come together and humble ourselves and be sympathetic with one another and yeah, share each other's pain. I don't think any of us ever really figure it out all the way. Uh, I heard a guy say, once you think you've got it, 
you've had it. Yeah, <laughs> forget it, forget it, you done and, lost uh, it. And that's just the mindset that I can't, I don't have the answers to everything, and i got to continue sharing my struggle and my mm -hmm. pain with people that are like-minded uh, in order to get some help. Yeah, it's definitely a daily walk. Okay, this is the last one, number 22. What, what kind of mind is needed to defeat the devil and resist him and stand firm in the faith? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, who resists steadfast in the faith. In the faith, resist steadfast in the faith. First Peter 5, 8, and 9. That's one of the writing assignments in the curriculum of the recovery center that we both know and love. So, <laughs> so there's a steadfastness that I'm going to need to recover from anything. And a lot of times what I see is a faint-heartedness, an easily giving up. They don't, you know, we have to develop the skills to just be persistent and diligent and just keep fighting for our freedom from addiction and from enabling and from the things in life that make us suffer. So the exercise here is discuss ways with your group that you could renew your mind. Sounds like a good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, a mature mind is quiet and peaceful. Okay, that's our principle. So we want to we want to develop principles and think with principles. And the principle today is a mature mind is quiet and peaceful. So if I'm anxious and fearful and worrying and fretful, am I mature? No. <laughs> no, I'm very immature. So the application here, it takes maturity to develop right thinking skills. Right character needs to be developed alongside right thinking. So the fruit of peace and quietness is a rich re reward. So let's look at this. The mind of Christ is a willing servant to God, unity with other believers, a mind stayed upon the Lord, and examined for unbelief and sin, examining the law of God to make sure that it's on my mind, a keen mind of understanding, a setting my mind, a humble mind, a right mind, a, a scriptures open and illuminated in my mind, a disciplining myself, a renewing my mind continually, protecting my mind with the word, setting our mind on things above, intentionally alert and sober. Look at that. Look at that. Those are when I can develop these things in my life, then I have the mind of Christ. But if I don't know they're available to me, how in the world am I ever going to develop them? I like that it said intentionally. Intentionally. So here, let's look at some character traits. Uh, to be steadfast, loving, compassionate, sympathetic, and humble. Now, I'm not naturally these in, in difficult. I'm naturally these when it's easy. But when it's not easy and things are coming at me and things are harsh, I'm not naturally this. I'm not naturally steadfast and loving and humble. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get That's it. something I got to work on. And so once I develop character, and we need to develop character to be able to progress in wholeness, then there's a fruit that comes out of that good character. And the fruit is what, Bobby? Well, well quiet, uh, a sound mind or a self-disciplined mind, uh, things will be peaceful, uh, feel that connection to other believers, uh, the ability to resist evil, and we'll be holy. Well, look at that. Holy cow. <laughs> I think I think that holiness is, is peace. Amen. So if I'm sitting with anxiety, am I being holy? There's a lot of freedom attached to that. There's too. a lot of freedom attached with just being peaceful. So in conclusion... My thoughts can be scattered noisy like unruly children. It is not until we take dominion over the ground between our ears that we can have peace. This is a battle. 
Discipline in our thinking and coaching ourselves into right thinking patterns is work. I must develop the mental strength to tell myself that I may and may not think. This is achievable. At first, it takes lots of effort. Then we'll take a daily thought inventory and maintenance work. Maintaining healthy thinking is easier with practice. Now refuse stupid thoughts and choose what you will, and I will not think. Yeah, choose what you're going to think. Choose. Listen, sit, sit with it every day. Listen to it and decide, is this a thought worth thinking? Amen. And if it's not, then just go ahead and kick it out. So, Lord, we just thank you for this study. We just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that there's a way. There's a way out of this anxiety, this fear, this confusion, Lord, out of this hopelessness, out of this loneliness, Lord, that we can have the mind of Christ. And we just thank you. We thank you that you, you can help us develop these skills. And we just bless you and bless your holy name. And this is The Rocker Recovery. I'm Bobby Snyder. And this is the end. And we will see you next time. Take it easy.